0: very happy Memorial Day to you all. Plenty to get to ahead on this special edition of Locked on Cougars. We are talking with Give Em Hell, Brigham the podcast, Jeff Hansen and Garrett McClintock. A long edition, almost an hour long, but great conversation nonetheless. We've played bits and pieces of this over the last week for you guys. want you to hear the entire conversation and you'll be able to hear that on today's show. It's all brought to you today by our title sponsor, rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Check them out at rockauto.com. Normal editions will return on Tuesday, June 1st for you guys, but wanted to get you to hear this podcast as we talk a lot of BYU football, some BYU basketball, and even a little bit of what's going on with Zach Wilson and his representation. So without further ado, let's get into it. Special edition of Locked On Cougars podcast begins right now. What's up, everybody? Hope you all are doing well out there. This is a, what are we calling it, a collaboration podcast, gentlemen, uh, between the Locked On Cougars podcast and Give Them Hell Brigham. I've got Jeff Hansen and Garrett McClintock hanging out with me today. Boys, what is up?
1: Uh, It's another Monday.
0: Fair enough.
1: <laughs> I know. I know our Mondays are our, our Mondays are a little different than yours because you're kind of every day of the week is the same for you. Sure. As I've had a bad case of the Mondays today. <laughs> Jeez, oh, Garrett! Garrett, way to bring the fun. My <laughs> word! I mean, it's. I've been looking forward to this since we st- since we started talking or last end of last week about doing this. I've actually been looking forward to this all day. So that's that's what made the workday drag so much was just the anticipation of this call.
0: <laughs> <laughs> God, I can understand that. Well, so. First off here, guys, I think that we have a lot of listeners who cross over and listen to both of our podcasts, whether it's you guys with Give Them Help Brigham or my podcast, Locked on Cougars. But for those people who are the quote unquote uninitiated, who don't know you guys, I want to have you guys do a little intro about who you guys are and also also do one for your guys' listeners who may not know who I am. So let's have Jeff go first. Go ahead, Mr. Rakudu.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, Jeff Hans. I've been uh, doing the BYU stuff as a blogger, not not a real journalist. We're Garrett and I are the sports entertainment side of BYU, not the sports media. We're, we're nowhere near smart enough or diligent enough to be real sports media, but we'll, we'll sit and talk about it, pretend like we know. Uh, so been doing the blog stuff for like 10 years, and during the pandemic, Garrett and I were just kind of on a whim, like, let's just start a podcast, see what happens. And now we're getting cease and desist letters from Zach Wilson's agency, and that's our life now. So uh, I don't know if that means we've made it big time or we're we're, we're in over our heads, but that's who I am. Yeah.
0: We're going to get to that in here in a minute. I do need to ask you about that and get a little more info on that. But Garrett, go ahead and do a short bio on yourself.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I'm a couple years younger than... Jeff, but uh, I kind of got into the sports entertainment world, if you will, uh, by way of Jeff. He asked me if I wanted to start writing for Rivals back when we our talents were there. And then we went from Rivals to 24-7. And then, uh, you know, like you said, last year during the pandemic, uh, we are like, dude, we're, there's no sports to write about. Writing is a grind sometimes. It's a lot easier to just get on a mic and shoot the bull. So let's start a podcast. And now, you know, Give Him Hell, Brigham is kind of grown into uh, a thing of its own in a lot of ways and yes has now culminated in legal matters so it's been a fun ride
0: <laughs> it has culminated in legal matters that is true um, I think all of us are relatively close to the same age uh, we all have young children and everything so I think we're all kind of in the same stage of life if I'm not mistaken
1: Like, yeah. uh, yeah. I'm not the youngest of the kids but still I think we're all still changing diapers we're also changing diapers. You two are holding it together way more than I am. You both have a full head of hair. Um, oh, I man. wear a hat every day because that head is quickly fading. You and I have about the same. But, just, but you got that I'm beard, man. Like All you got to do is think about a beard and you grow a full thick beard. It takes like three days. It's That's true. true. I, I have to try with all of my might. And I think I'm starting to bald a little bit on my face. Like not just my head. It's It's no good for me so you guys are holding it together with your kids my my kids it's the tail wagging the dog in my house man
0: well i think all of us are in that former fashion at, at some level so let's be if we're being honest about this so just by way of inf- introduction for myself my name is jay catch uh many of you know me working for the zone sports network in salt lake we're the radio home of the utah jazz owned by the utah jazz funny enough and I produce our morning show, DJ and PK in the morning, and I podcast on the side. And I've got two kids, and yeah, I'm, I'm with Jeff, though. There's very much <laughs> the dog is being wagged by its tail very, very frequently in my house. So, all right, gentlemen. Okay, so let's start there. I, I do need to ask about this cease and desist letter. I, and by the way, congratulations on the one-year anniversary of Give Him Hell, Brigham. It's a phenomenal accomplishment on your guys' part.
1: The more I think about it, the more I think that's actually true. And I kind of want to toot our horn a little bit there because there's some, if you go through random like podcasts, if you're trying to like find a podcast that someone recommended to you and you're like searching and you click in, there are so many where it's like, Oh, they had three episodes. Mm -hmm. And then because they didn't go viral and get a sponsorship after episode two, like they recorded episode three and then never came back again. Right. Like it's, you know, we've gone, we haven't missed a week. The only week where we didn't record together was the, I guess the 1st bye bi-week last year. Uh, but then I'm Mitch Harper filled in for Jeff cause Jeff was, uh, camping and didn't have service. But yeah, so we've had 52 straight weeks of, you know, I think that's the only time I've ever done 52 straight weeks of anything in my life besides go to church on a mission. Like <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you come up with the least excuse, at least one week a year when you're not out there. So it's, I think, that, you know, that's a, that's a big feat for us. <laughs> And we, and we celebrated that uh, that year anniversary with, yeah, uh, a letter from Zach Wilson's attorney. Uh, I guess, do we know, was it Zach Wilson's attorney, Zach Wilson's team of attorneys? I mean, his life is different than ours now. I don't know. I think it's... I, 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 It was some attorney that was contracted by his agency, like the attorney, her firm that she works for looking at the website, like specializes in sports and entertainment law. Ah. So I imagine it's um, obviously it's so I imagine it's they just she does the dirty work for and is contracted to do all that stuff for uh, for his agency.
0: Hey, Mrs. so-and-so. There are these two random guys in Utah who have made a t-shirt. Go after him for us. Thank you.
1: I mean, for real, though, I think that's kind of what it must have been like. And it, and it couldn't have been more formal than that, because I think we've sold a total of like I don't know, 15 shirts. Like, It's not like we're, we're making profit on this. And we talked about this on our show last week, that even the shirts we do sell, we basically sell at a loss most of the time. We're just in it for the name of the, let's just get a shirt out there, have some fun, and uh, yeah they shut us down so i don't think it was zach wilson i think it was zach wilson and his team but they're definitely team no fun so no fun is allowed anymore if you live in new jersey which i i, I guess that makes sense uh, I, you know, I wouldn't have fun that's on brand either. for the entire <laughs> yeah, state that's, <laughs> that's
0: yeah see the, the thing about that one is that when I, i've listened to every episode you guys have done and I, you guys are on my list i so most people know that I'm in the podcast game, but I listen to a lot of podcasts. And each week, I have podcasts that are must listens to. Like I will listen to which, whatever they put out. There's other ones I kind of pick and choose from. I'll look and see what the content is, and say I'm gonna uh, okay, I'll check out on that, one. I'll check it back next week. But you guys listen to I listen to you guys every week. And when I heard the story about this cease and desist letter, I was rolling because just the thought of Zach Wilson's agency, and it's a big agency. It's WME. Uh, what's the WME.
1: Uh, I don't know what they are. They're 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 kind of like foraying into sports whatever agency life. I don't know what sure. it. They, they've they been a big media empire forever. Yeah. Like they do like actors and stuff like that. So I think that the the sports side is new relatively new in the last few years. So big, huge mega
0: agency for sure. But they're all about intellectual property. It is very apparent on that, on that front. And yeah, they, they, they reached out to you guys. So what did you guys, I'm, maybe I missed this, but what did you guys have to do to kind of remediate the problem? Has it been remediated or is it still TBD? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was, I mean, since it was just a cease and desist, it was, they just requested that we deleted all shirts related to the name, image, or likeness of uh, Zach M.F. Wilson, (laughs) and as well as delete any social media links, like, referring to it, because I just, because I, you know, I guess, like, if you go on a lot of times, they, like, social media things, if you share something, it'll, like, cache the picture so you know like when you share a link it pulls up the like sure. header photo from the article or whatever so basically delete all of those as much as we could to um do that so that's really all we had to do is just unpublish them see and that- what they didn't tell oh, us though is that we have to or that we're not allowed to make a shirt out of the cease and desist letter itself oh okay so the the zach stuff is gone but i think the next step is let's just publish the hell out of this letter and put it everywhere Garrett I mean I think that's where we need to go from here yeah that might be our next steps
0: hey I I'd totally be on board with that because honestly gentlemen I've worked in the sports media game similar to Jeff I've been at it for over a decade at this point in my life and to be honest with you I've probably run up on some stuff where I possibly could have gotten a cease and desist and I have never gotten that so congratulations to you guys You has accomplished something that I have yet to ever encounter
1: I mean, I think it's probably also part of just being in the Utah market, right? Like it's, I don't think there's no one that cares that much if you're dealing, right? Especially when you're, I mean, yes, I know you do like working, you do your jazz stuff, right? But it's, I mean, you're, you're mostly in the college scene where it's like, they don't, they don't really care too much. And it's, and especially in the Utah market, like. Let's be honest. Nobody outside of BYU gets enough coverage in the state of Utah among college sports for it to really make a difference. There are certain like fan if, bases who will be very angry about that. <laughs> yes, if like if any one thing happens at Weber State or Dixie to where it's like they get to that point, they're just excited that somebody cares yes. um, <laughs> enough. And so, uh, you know, and it's but it, I think just the fact that it's obviously being number two overall and being in the Big Apple is it's a whole different ball game
0: absolutely and that that just made me chuckle um so have you guys gotten i know the elk is your guys's baby you guys kind of birthed the whole nickname for isaac rex the elk himself have you gotten this in writing from the rex family that you guys have rights to this in perpetuity
1: we haven't but uh i mean i think if we were to really take that to court i Feel like we kind of have like couldn't we just show all the receipts of how many shirts we've shipped to the rex household and be like yeah they clearly have endorsed this i yeah think we, well I think and especially one. when both byron and amy have both posted the link to him and be like this shirt is so awesome please yeah. go buy it we love isaac like they're they're all aboard yeah on it and even isaac has referred to himself as that, or was that you, were you the one who called him out in that so press conference? I,
0: I, I had to ask him. We were, the press conference kind of dragging on. I'm like, you know what? I don't really got anything to ask him today. So I was like, you know what? I'm asking him about the elk nickname. And he kind of played it off and said, okay, it's, it, it, but it was fun to get his take on it as well.
1: That's kind of his MO,
0: though.
1: I mean, he did put on his Instagram story uh, no. a him at like Sportsman's or Cabela's or wherever he was, just him looking at the elk <laughs> that was in the the middle of the store, just kind of pondering if that's his uncle or his brother or something. And I think the elk is it's here to stay. Elk mode is how uh, Sister Rex likes to put it. And I think that uh, that fits really
0: well. Elk mode is a great, great, I think, like, Term to use, I actually really like that. So uh, I think that's a good jumping-off point here, guys. Let's talk a little bit about BYU football. Uh, I've been talking with a lot of people recently, looking back at twenty twenty a little bit, kind of getting their takeaways from the season that was. So I'll I'll open up to you guys. What uh, now is we're about what six months removed from that season? What are your overall takeaways? We'll start with you, Garrett.
1: Oh, uh, that team was really good, and I don't care what their schedule was, they could have played with anybody in the country. When I say anybody in the country, I mean, anybody except for Alabama, because that's, you know, it's own thing. but it's, you know, you look at anyone who is in the top 10 and I think they could have hung with them. Like we saw, you know, how it came down to the wire with Cincinnati and Georgia and that, I guess what was at the peach bowl mm-hmm. um, on new year's day. And I think BYU could have been with Georgia right there every step of the way, you know, I don't think that they would have, you know, gone and rolled through that. I think even the one loss, you know, where we came up one yard short from an undefeated season, if that game gets played 10 times in the situation that it is, it's probably we win eight out of the 10 and they got the one, if it's played on a normal full week of prep, I think we win nine or 10 out of the 10 or even, or if it's in Provo on such short notice like that, then we win that game easily as well. So I think it really that was one of the all-time teams and it that team despite the schedule which i mean if you be honest go back to the Glorious, that five-year stretch from like 90 or six-year stretch from 79 to 85 last year's schedule was no different than any in any of those years in terms of opponent toughness and but you look at just how they dominated on for the most part on both sides of the ball week in and week out and it You know, it was an all time team that deserves to be up there with 83, 85, 96, you know, 2006 is one of those best teams in Cougar history.
0: I would agree. Jeff, what what were your takeaways from 2020?
1: Man, I was just glad to have football. Like you, you look at, I imagine being a Utah fan last year and how miserable. Like that, just like the games were fun when they played, but it felt like spring games against like the high school down the road. Like it just didn't feel the same. Utah State was kind of its own situation that was similar to Utah, but somehow even worse because of all of the off the field stuff man, I was just so, so happy to have football. Like they they could have got Owen 11 and I wouldn't have cared because it was just football weekend week out that you could look forward to. You could count on, give yourself something to do during a crappy time in the world. And uh, there were a lot of teams that didn't get to do that weekend week out for a full football season and BYU did. So my biggest takeaway was, just a huge kudos to, to Tom Homo and the crew for making that happen. Yeah,
0: And to build on that just a little bit, Jeff, I, so I married into a family that, funny enough, they're all from Southern California, but they've got strong Nebraska Cornhusker roots. Uh, it's a long, co- convoluted story. That's very strange. Went from Lincoln to Thousand Oaks, California, and have been there ever since, and just... It, much deeper story than we have time for on this podcast, but I was talking with uh, my, so it's my uncle in law, I guess is the way you would term it. He's a huge, uh, corn Husker fan, just die hard, wears red as much as he possibly can, all that stuff. And we were talking about this. I, this is probably a few months back. And he said, you know what? The thing is, I really enjoyed watching BYU because you guys played every single week. I didn't know if Nebraska was going to play. I didn't know what was going to happen with the Big Ten for a long time there. And he obviously has a cursory interest in BYU due to my affiliation with him and me doing what I do in sports media. And he, he acknowledged that fact. He's like, the fact that I could rely on the fact that I knew that BYU was playing weekly really, I think, helped me get through that fall. He said it, it was a really crappy time in the world. We were holed up here in California. I know that Utah, you guys were hold up, but we were even to a higher degree down here in Southern California, and he really, really enjoyed the fact that BYU was playing every single week.
1: Yeah, you know, there's a, a very real argument to be made, and I have no idea how you would quantify this or actually verify, you know, any of my assumptions. Uh, But I think that this is maybe the first year since, I mean, I guess you could maybe argue 2009, but I would say 2001 that BYU gained fans throughout the year, right? Like they, they gained the fan base grew outside of the traditional Mormon household. And I think this is the first time in 20 years that you could say that, that BYU picked up some of those, those fans along the way that, you know, they're not going to go out and, and, bang down the door of the Edwards stadium to get season tickets, but they're going to tune in. They're going to consider themselves. Hey, yeah, I like watching BYU play. Those dudes are good. Zach Wilson's great. This is the first year. I think that's happened in 20 years since Luke Staley was running all over the place. And uh, that's a win. I mean, that's a huge win for obviously on the field, the way you played well, but off the field and the kind of macro level of BYU athletics, that's a huge win for the department that really has needed it for a long time. Uh, so that that's the biggest, I think, I think takeaway out of last year that really doesn't get talked about very much, but it was a it was a big big deal. I think I'm interested to see going forward. I mean, obviously, it depends on. The quarterback play, and if the, we stink it up on the field, then those fans are going to, it's going to be a one season thing. But if we can string a couple of decent seasons together here, it'll be interesting to see what those late night kicks. Because a lot of those fans, especially the people on the East Coast, it's like, you know, they're looking for a nightcap, and, you know, sometimes maybe Hawaii's on or there's like pack 12 after dark, whatever. But it's, you know, if I think it's something that we, especially with the style of offense uh, that the staff, current staff has put together, it's something that's very entertaining to watch as a fan. Like it's not ugly football by any means. And so because it is different and it's, you know, high flying and wide open, it's pretty easy to get into and kind of passively root for as an outside
0: fan. Yeah. Those quote unquote special seasons, they don't come along very often and you you gotta, you gotta capitalize on them obviously. And that I've, I've been talking about this on locked on Cougars about the fact that yes, maybe the, maybe 2020 is going to be a little bit of an anomaly where they did have that 11 wins, but you look ahead and we'll talk about 2021, here in a moment, where maybe if they have eight or nine wins, it's probably just as good of a season, but the fact that you had the double-digit win mark, you had the 11 wins, it really changes the whole perception, it feels like. Do Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah, just,
1: you gotta be ranked. I mean, that's what it is, right? A college football fan, everybody has their team. Uh, and we we talk about this a ton on our show that I don't think most BYU and Utah fans are college football fans. They're BYU fans or they're Utah fans, yeah. but a college football fan they typically care. Well, I mean, obviously about the top twenty five on any given year, but those teams that are consistently there. So you could probably say the top thirty five, top forty programs across the country are largely the same with a few outliers each year. But it's largely those same forty programs each and every year, BYU's got to be one of those. They don't have to be in the top 10. They don't have to be in the top five, but you got to be in the top 40. So where you're nationally relevant each and every year, and you will continue to grow that fan base, that's what BYU was last year, right? They they saw the hype that comes with being a top 25 team all year round. Now, if BYU can come out 2021 and beat Arizona by two touchdowns and, and break the streak against Utah, they're going to be ranked again, and now BYU is on that same track. Whether they're ranked number 25, whether they fall out of the rankings and they're just others being mentioned, others receiving votes, uh, that's the same kind of momentum that, that BYU will have had all of this last 2020 season. So to me, that's the barometer, right? They've got to just maintain that uh, that be, maintain relevancy on a weekly basis. And as they do that, that doesn't necessarily mean competing for Uh, a new year six bit. That just means being relevant. And uh, they showed that they could do that last year, the way you saw the benefits. And I just hope that the program as a whole sees that and realizes, oh, hey, this was fun. Let's invest in the program so that we can do this more often. And I I do think that investment is coming, you know, and it's, I think, I think people, you know, a lot more people on board. And I think a lot of it is just a culture shift, right? Like there's, I think a lot of, people don't realize just how bad the talent situation in the program was uh, when Kalani Satake took over. And yes, that 2016 team had a lot of upperclassmen who are very good. And then, but then that second year there was nobody there and then kind of had to go out and sign a truckload of guys to try to fill gaps. Then you, I mean, if you look at that 2018 season, I don't know how you can look and say, oh yes, Bronco left a very stable, you know, solid you know, full pipeline of players when, you know, in that 2018 season, at one point we were 11 out of 11 starters on offense were underclassmen. So it's like, that's, that's never a situation you want to be in. And so now we're finally to the point where, you know, getting the depth in there and like, you know, the stars be damned or all of that. It's like, you look, and we have guys across positions, right? Like guys like Chris Wilcox who were purely brought in on measurables with the goal of developing them. And then we're turned into an NFL draft pick with their time in the program, you know, and that is a huge thing to be able to see, to start moving forward and getting that talent. So I think the program has more depth than it has had at any time in the independent era, I think top to bottom, this team has more talent, and obviously, if if Zach Wilson was on this team, it, this year's team would be hands down better than last year. And obviously, replacing him is a huge task. But at the other twenty one positions on the field, there's more talent than the program has had since you know probably two thousand seven when you had Max Hall, Dennis Pitta, Harvey Unga, and Austin Collie all on the same team. Um, and I and I don't think it's really close in terms of the independence era in terms of that talent across the board. And so I think it's finally something well, as well as getting into, um, you know, getting over those growing pains of Kalani, that Kalani Satake has had as a head coach and kind of working within a program that has had limited resources like BYU. And Cause I mean, even, except for his time at like, where was he at Eastern Arizona junior college, right? Hey. Like everywhere else he's been, hey, he's ben been
0: Criddle there. So don't, don't, don't be dead be denigrating niece to EAC. <laughs> right. But it's like, he, other
1: than that, it's like, you know, if at Utah, you know, I mean, we all know how well funded their program is. And it's like, if, you know, Kyle Whittingham walks in and says, Hey, we need this, then they get it. Mm-hmm. Right. And if it's, you know, in, probably in the same thing in Oregon state, he was never in a situation where he's had as many constraints, as he had, uh, you know, stepping in. In Provo, and I think there was definitely a learning curve, not only to both being a head coach, but also to working within the confines of a program like BYU.
0: We'll have more from the guys at Give him Help Brigham, the podcast here in just a moment. But today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Made In. Made In produces professional quality cookware and knives for those who love to cook. They source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools that are available directly to you guys without the markup. Think about that. Professional tools, the sharpest knives, the best cook. Cookware. It's all available to you guys. They're made to last, and they offer a lifetime guarantee. I recently got some of their Chef's Knives, guys, and they've been a fantastic addition to my kitchen. They have 28,000 five-star reviews, and their products are used by some of the world's best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants around the world. Made in, better cookware for better meals, Right now, Made In is offering all of our listeners 15% off your first order with the promo code LOCKEDON. You heard that right. L O C K E D O N and get 15% off. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Made In products. Go to MadeInCookware.com slash Locked On. Use that promo code Locked On and get that 15% off your first order. That's MadeInCookware.com slash Locked On. Use promo code Locked On. Once again, MadeInCookware.com slash Locked On. Folks, today's podcast is brought to you in part by our good friends at rockauto.com. They are a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Think about that. They've been for two decades doing this. Go to rockauto.com to shop for all the auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers no matter what vehicle you might have. They've got everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks, and the best part, it's delivered directly to your door. Also, what I love about Rock Auto, folks, is the prices are the same for professionals or do-it-yourselfers. Your mechanic can't go on rockauto.com, type in a special code, and get a better price than you can get. Get over there, check it out. You can find all the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. You can quickly see all the parts available and choose the brands, specifications, and even the price points that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com to see all the parts available. Write Locked On or Locked On Cougars in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you guys. They are the best. Take advantage now. It's amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Check them out now at rockauto.com. Jeff, you look at things from a very unique lens, in my opinion, when it comes to BYU, because you're so engrossed in the recruiting aspect of this. You're talking to these guys who end up playing for BYU, and you've talked to them for literally years before they show up on campus. In some cases, maybe as many as five years, maybe even longer than that, before they show up on campus in Provo. So I'm asking you this question as in regards to what Garrett just talked about with the talent base, it, and I, I agree with him, I think it's deeper than it ever has been, especially in the independent era under Kalani Satake, what is your assessment of how he's gone about building this program? Because it's been built largely on two- and three-star talent that they really have taken, a, kind, of, in my opinion, kind of a long-view game on it where they're saying, okay, come in here, we're going to develop you, and you're going to become that four- or five-star guy
1: uh yeah i i think that that's probably fair to say i i don't know if this is a unique perspective or not but i think this is the correct perspective uh that the, they came in and it's always a chicken and the egg argument right like you've got to recruit in order to 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 win games and you've got to win games in order to recruit so BYU had to start somewhere so they go and they find the athletes they find players that have you know one certain set of skills or one certain physical attribute that they can turn into you know with coaching and development that they think they can turn into something chris wilcox is the the great example yeah now byu has done that though they just had a great year on the field they just had a great year in the NFL draft. It's time for BYU to take it to the next level. Because as great as the stories are, Chris Wilcox, phenomenal story, right? Brady Christensen and Bronco signed Brady, but same idea, two star. Nobody, you know, nobody was after him. Now he's in the NFL. Great story. There's so many. I mean, we're talking 25, 30, maybe upwards of 40 guys that fit that Chris Wilcox quote unquote mold that flopped. Yeah. Like, why is BYU in a scholarship crunch right now? Because they're holding on to scholarships that they took a gamble on and it didn't pan out. And now BYU can't go and recruit guys who probably would come to BYU and would, you know, they're a, a low to mid three star at this point. So they would be elevating that talent pool. They don't have the scholarship capital to go out and get those guys. I am in no way critiquing what they did. I think that's what they had to do because they weren't winning games enough to recruit at a high level. So they go in, they prove that they can develop. But now BYU has been nationally relevant, nationally ranked for an entire season. They've had a double-digit season. They had a bunch of guys in the NFL. They have the pitch now that they have to up their recruiting effort because if they continue to try and recruit the same way they did when they were, you know, the class of 2017 – It's going to get ugly, and I think it's going to get ugly fast because as much as BYU fans don't like to say this, the schedule sucked, and that played a role in winning 11 games last year, right? (laughs) I mean, it just did. That's just the fact of the matter. So I'm really curious to see what BYU does this year. They've got a really small class coming, you know, 10 to 15 guys. I think that the talent on the roster is there, right? The talent is is there today to compete in 2021. A lot of people I think are underrating BYU because of Zach Wilson's departure, but in 2022, I don't know, right? 2023, there's not a ton there. They have got to recruit well now. And to me, that's the biggest story of what BYU does now, right? What is, and you could even make the same argument of what they do on the field, not just in recruiting, But now they've been a winner. You know, they were trying to build a program. Okay, the program's built now. So now what the hell are you going to do with it? You've got a program that's in a great, great spot. What do you do from here? And we don't talk about that. We haven't been able to talk about that as a BYU fan for, you know, 25 years. I mean, it's been a long time, right? So now what? And uh, I'm fascinated to see where BYU goes. You look at Utah, that was what they did, right? They've mm-hmm. cracked into the Pac-12, and it was about build, 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 get to a certain level that they have never been on. And then it was about reinventing themselves and reinventing. Uh, they, they brought in different offenses, and they went through some offensive coordinators, but they brought in finally an offense that works. Now they're changing their recruiting strategy and really attacking the transfer portal to try to get some of these four- and five-star guys who have flopped out of their schools for whatever reason. And they are actively changing their approach because getting to where their goals were 10 years ago, that's not enough for today. And now BYU has finally reached their goals. They they reached their goals last year, but that isn't going to fly anymore. Now you've set an expectation. Where do you go from here? I'm fascinated to see what happens.
0: Okay, so the question there then for me, and Gary, you can weigh in on this as well, is how much can BYU actually upgrade the recruiting in reality, if that makes sense? Can they go out and expect to sign five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten four-star guys in any given year? What is, where, what is the realistic expectation that can boost the recruiting?
1: If I think this really ultimately goes back to church headquarters in salt lake and how many missionaries are we willing to allocate to key areas of the United States to okay. really home in on target <laughs> demographics that will improve the underlying athletic ability, because it's just in an era where con- recruiting is so national. Like if you look at the old rosters in the eighties, like, our entire wide receiver core can't be graduates of Orm and Provo high school anymore. Although the best wide receiver recruit in school history just came in and he went to Orm high school. So <laughs> I guess that's different. Also Orm has also changed their recruiting game as of late. Um, but you know what I mean? They, and so I really, I mean, I think it really has to just be a carving out the niche, right? Like it has to be a very, both in getting players and in coaches, you know, has to be the niche of, you know, with coaches, do you have to be willing to be the stepping stone? Because a lot of coaches, even if you are okay with the, you know, you're okay with the honor code and things personally, you may not want to have to deal with that as players and kind of take that role as well. And so being okay to being a stepping stone of guys are going to come in, they're going to move out, but then you have a couple guys that are kind of a transition. And then the same thing with players of like, you know, finding the, Chris Wilcox's and the Malik Moore's and the Isaiah herons and all those things of these guys that have the talent, but they are maybe from a smaller school or they're under-recruited and really saying like, we're not going to expect you to come in and play right away. Some of the guys, you will, some of the guys are going to be projects and if you are a project that doesn't work out, then you probably will be asked to move on two or three years in. And that's kind of that revolving door in that way. And that's just going to be how it has to be. And that has to kind of be the niche to work around um, the honor code and the academic limitations of BYU kind of find that way in the similar vein to what Bill Snyder did with JC players at Kansas state of that was his edge and kind of, okay, we will hone in on this and this is what's going to make us different. And we can find enough guys to compete if we go about it this way. And then there will be years when the stars align. Yeah, and I I don't know how how, how many five-star guys is BYU going to get. I don't know that that number is going to change. But in the class of 2021, there were eight guys that were signed that their only offer was from BYU. Like that, that's what has to change. You've got to find guys that are being competed for guys who have options and, and take some risks. That means, you know, maybe you don't take, and with all due respect to John Nelson, I hope he's great this year. Maybe you don't take a super early commitment from a guy like John Nelson out of Salem Hills. That doesn't mean you don't take him you recruit him still, but you try to go and find somebody else, right? You try to recruit over him. And if the time comes that you can't get somebody else, then you take John Nelson in January, but you don't take him in August or September. BYU's going to have to start doing some of that. And that comes with risk, comes with a lot of, uh, of calculation and being really careful with how your, your strategy goes. But uh, that's, I think, what BYU has got to do.
0: All right, guys, so that brings me to another question here I've got is looking ahead to 2021, Jeff, you've talked about the fact that you think the talent base is going to be pretty good for this year's team, so I want your guys' sense as we sit here in May, looking forward to this fall, what do you expect from this team as they try and follow up in an 11-1 and season?
1: I expect them to beat Arizona by, like, 17 points. Okay. That's as far as I go. I, I don't know. I will say I mean, twenty-four. Okay. Ooh, twenty-four. Yeah, I think I think Arizona is going to be bad. Arizona is going to be bad. Here's what scares me a little bit, and why I'm 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 a little reluctant to go full scale blowout against Arizona is Don Brown is all about the blitz, and BYU will be breaking in a new offensive line coach, a new left tackle, a new quarterback. I think that they're going to be able to get through because while I don't trust Arizona to really know their scheme, Don Brown's the kind of guy that's just going to freak out and be like, just send eight, go get somebody. And so I'm willing to say that they're only going to, they're only going to win by 17.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: I I can respect that.
0: So, so you, 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 you're, you're very much a game by game guy. Here's what I'm getting, Jeff. Is that right?
1: I try not to be, but this year, man, we don't even
0: know who the quarterback is, right? I mean, that's point, what's yeah. going to make
1: this so hard to project this year out. Um, we don't know. Like, I think it's probably going to be Jaron Hall. But I have no idea if he can run. You know what I mean? Like, sure. yes, he can run. Of course, he can run. But we haven't seen him run post hip injury really at all. We didn't. Nobody got to see uh, anything great out of spring ball. We got little clips of, of things on social media. That was it. Uh, so we don't know. And we haven't really got to see Baylor Romney and his new and improved arm. We saw a couple of big deep throws where he looked like Zach Wilson throwing at sixty-five yards down the field. But we didn't get to see anything else. Yeah. And uh, so there's just so much unknown. At key positions, I don't know what the defense is going to do with Kevin Clune being involved. Uh, Tuiaki has taken a ton of heat, and everybody's got an opinion on whether he should be more aggressive or not. I don't really care. I, I think Kevin Clune's going to come in, and it's going to bring a wrinkle, and it's going to be something a little bit different than what we've seen, whether that's more aggressive or whether that's just different cover schemes. I don't know, but it's going to be different, I think, in at least some capacity, different than what we've seen out at BYU. And we don't know what that looks like. And it's just, there's so much unknown that I think this year, I mean, we're going to, it gets a long off season. We're going to project the whole year out, but it almost feels irresponsible this year, more so than other years, because there's just so much unknown about this team.
0: I can respect that.
1: Yeah. It's I'll probably be able to tell you like a halftime of that first game, how the team is going to go. And it's, you know, and it, If Jaron Hall is I mean, Jaron Hall throws a great ball, but it's you know, his magic in those two games that he started came from having his legs as a major threat. And if he is kind of gimpy because he had a torn hip and couldn't even suit up or practice at all for the last year, then that's gonna cause some problems. Right. Like that's that's gonna very hamper that things. We need to talk Mm -hmm. about how ridiculous it was. And now, I don't know, Jake. I know you've got, like, real media relationships, so I hesitate <laughs> to be too cruel. So okay. this is this is not Jake. This is Jeff. It was asinine that Jared Hall was on the depth chart every week last year. Oh. I thought that most ridiculous thing in the world. It, it, total smokescreen.
0: Plain and simple. That—that's what it was. And I actually let somebody down at BYU. Know that I'm like, you guys know that we can see right through this, right? And they're like, well, yeah. we're just doing what the coaches are telling us. I don't care. You You know what you're doing like so it was dumb. So don't feel bad. I hated it. That absolutely it it, a little bit uh, malpractice is probably too strong of a term. But the fact that the guy was essentially out for the entire season, you kept listing him as a backup or co backup to, to Zach Wilson. Just it wasn't right. But okay.
1: Yeah, it, it was dumb. And I think we knew, and I think, Jake, I think you and I talked about it a little bit. I think everybody knew that he was out for the year. And we knew that in like fall camp. I think we knew that he was out for the well, year. The so. whole conversation, the whole season was, is he even going to play again or is he just going to focus on baseball because hips are kind of important. And if you're talking about, you know, playing a full contact sport after yeah. a hip injury in your 20s, you know, maybe you reevaluate some things.
0: Well, trust me, there, there was that question that very much came up in the media circles that I run in. And they, they were like, should this guy go focus on baseball? It was a very real conversation, but he... I'll say one thing about Jaron. In talking with people who know him better than I will ever know him, he is all in on the football thing. Baseball, if if it comes to it that football doesn't work out for whatever reason, then he may consider the baseball route, but Football is his number one sport. He wants to give it an honest go.
1: I hope he makes it. I I hope he makes it. But the big moral of that story is just don't trust anything coaches say ever. (laughs) They just lie
0: about everything. Even at BYU. Even at BYU. Even at BYU. Maybe especially at BYU. Uh, In some cases, yes, you're absolutely right there, Jeff. (laughs) Some good stuff there from both Jeff and Garrett. We will wrap up with them here in just a moment. Final thoughts, looking ahead on BYU basketball. What do they make of Mark Pope and the job he's done with the Cougar Cagers? We'll get to that here in just a minute. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Built Bar, folks. I cannot recommend enough that you give Built Bars a chance. They are the best tasting protein bars that I have ever had, bar none and I use that pun wholeheartedly. They have nine base flavors that you can take advantage of. What I would encourage you guys to do if you're new to Built Bar, just try them for the first time, go to builtbar.com, order the variety pack. It comes with two of each of those nine flavors. You can see what you like. They both have nut and non-nut flavors, and I can tell you this much, there's not a one that I have had that I have not enjoyed from Built Bar quite yet. So give them a shot. They also even have an occasional flavor or two that are out there that are available for a limited time. Like last week, they had the orange flavor, which is one of my all-time favorites. It was available for about two days. I hopped on, ordered a box of those. They'll be here this week. Cannot wait to get my hands on them. So take advantage now. Go to BuiltBar.com. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. You heard that right. 15% off your next order by using the promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Take advantage of that offer now and get enjoying the best tasting protein bars in the world with Built Bar. I did want to, uh, before we wrap up here, guys, get some thoughts on BYU basketball from you guys. Obviously, we've seen Mark Pope go through two full seasons now. Uh, Looked like they were on their way to the NCAA tournament a year ago. They did make the tournament this year. What are your guys' assessments of Coach Pope so far, two years into his tenure?
1: Incredible. I am all aboard the... Mark Pope bandwagon and I think everything he is doing from, you know, trying and I've talked to members of his staff and kind of everything that they're doing in terms of trying to carve out every bit of efficiency that they can out of each of their players and really, I mean, he's doing exactly what you have to do working in the limited recruiting pool that you have at byu of you have to you can't just say you know this is our scheme and we're going to recruit guys that fit our scheme in our system you have to be willing to be more flexible and fit the system to the guys that you can get and you have to get the best guys that you can get and work around that talent rather than you know having the luxury of going the other way and i think he's really trying to do that and i think you know, everything that they push with the whole best locker room in America is something that he is 100% focused on. And I'm, you know, I'm all in on Mark Pope as the coach of BYU basketball. And I hope he stays for a long time, but I, I really don't think that he will. I think at some point, I think he's going to, he already is getting courted by bigger programs with deeper pockets. And I know that he and Ryan Smith, the, you know, <laughs> your I guess your boss, my boss's boss, boss's boss. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they are in the same ward or at one point we're in the same ward. And so I hope uh, no matter what salary uh, BYU, you know, in the coaches circle, whatever gets approved by the board of the university, like maybe check on Venmo or something to see if there's some extra money moving around, but I hope that's the case. Hey, Mark up around that works if you're checking on the presidency. That's true. I don't know if you guys (laughs) saw that article, they were able to find Joe Biden's Venmo activity. So
0: that seems weird. It does seem a little awkward. Yes, I I would agree with you. A little little weird. I'm kind of concerned that there's
1: not not like a separate private thing (laughs) for people in very high profile positions. I think there is. Uh, they, they call it the Fed, usually. That's uh, <laughs> wow. that separate, separate thing is. But they didn't do it this time, which was a little strange. Uh, I'm all in on Pope. But here's my big thing with Pope. I want Pope in front of a camera more often. He's dynamite when he gets in front of a camera, whether it's like a press conference, whether it's social media. He's waving a flag on a glacier today. I mean, the dude is awesome. Just put him in front of a camera more. I feel like that is the biggest uh, the biggest missed opportunity right now of, of what BYU is missing out on is they've got a guy who is spectacular. Put him everywhere. He needs to be on billboards, like interactive billboards. He's got to be the face of BYU athletics because he's just that kind of
0: personality. Well, it's a, yeah. let's put it this way. There was a conversation I had with somebody who, if I were to reveal the name, everybody would know exactly who I was talking about, would Would understand why I have to keep it quiet. They said the exact same thing you said, Jeff. They said, why in the world is BYU not taking advantage of a gregarious guy like Pope who is just, he's all about BYU. He wants to get it out there and let people know about it. Why are they not promoting him more? And oh. I... I don't know my ears. He
1: he needs to be everywhere, man. I mean, he needs to be like, think of the good old days with like Lavelle and Mac and they were doing commercials and Mr. Mac commercial and all that stuff. Like, why is, why is Mark Pope not everywhere? And if you want to keep the guy, Uh, You know, short of Ryan Smith adding like a line on tithing slips in that ward where you can donate to the Mark Pope fund, you've got to do something so that he can get his own name image likeness, have his own revenue opportunities that are coming in outside of his basketball paycheck. And that's the way to do it. He needs to be everywhere and BYU PR, BYU, whatever they are, they need to be just pimping him out as much as they can and as much as he wants to because he's got the personality to absolutely be a home run and an icon here across the Wasatch Front. Uh, speaking of name and image likeness, it'll be interesting to see like how that changes. By. I, that's one thing that I've never understood about BYU. And it's really a lot more. So schools out West don't do this. But if you look at programs back East, any basketball or football camp that's being held at a university is not like, it's not the BYU football camp for like free basketball. It's the name of the coach, right? Like it's like, you're going to the Dabo Swinney camp that's being hosted at Clemson. It's not a Clemson thing. It's a Dabo thing. And and it it is marketing the coach. Well, it goes further than that, that I wish BYU would allow this to happen, but like Alabama's camp, the Nick Saban camp is actually owned and operated by Nick Saban, LLC, not yep. by Alabama university whatsoever. They just sponsor the camp yeah. and I love it. I mean, it's just different ways to funnel money into your coach who you don't ever want to leave and it doesn't have to come off of your own books. So I, I don't know why there's not more creative ways like that to keep BYU's coaches happy.
0: I, I fully agree because yeah, I've seen it like the Jim Bayheim camp for example. Example up in Syracuse, mm-hmm. like guys go to that camp, and yeah, it's it's funneled through like his organization. It just happens to be in conjunction with Syracuse University, who he happens to work for. It, I'm with you guys trying to find stuff like that's absolutely the right way to go. Okay, so when it comes to Mark Pope and his strategy, the transfer portal is absolutely part of this, and there was a lot of angst here uh, for the first little bit here that BYU was striking out seemingly on everybody they targeted in the transfer portal. I. I I get why people would be upset about it. They want to see BYU go and land the guys. But I really think that the staff at BYU, speaking of Pope and the guys underneath him, Chris Burgess, uh, Cody Fieger, et cetera, I think they actually understand that the transfer portal is only going to get more and more deep with talent. And they were actually totally okay making sure they went through the right process, found the guy who wanted to be at BYU, and ultimately landed him at, at T. John Lucas.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, the transfer portal is not NBA free agency, right? I mean, there's not a finite number of players that are there, and that's the only players that will be there until the next round of free agency. That's not how it works. Like, that portal is constantly filling up with more and more players. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that BYU's uh, coaching staff recognize that, Jake, that, hey, hey there's going to be more guys. Like, let's go out and let's recruit our guys. And that's what they did. Uh, I think that I get why fans felt like, holy cow, everybody is saying no. Uh, You know, there's varying levels of interest and there's varying levels of what an offer means. Like BYU reaches out to everybody and then John Rothstein puts it in a tweet and everybody freaks out like that's going to be target or priority number one. But that's just not the way that it works. Like BYU might have just been reaching out. Maybe they were super interested, but maybe they were just doing a Zoom call to check interest or BYU extends an offer. Okay, well, an offer doesn't actually mean like, "Hey, that's our guy." We've given you a, a handwritten scholarship offer. No, and, and many times an offer is a qualifier. That the kid's not even going to pick up the phone unless he's got a scholarship offer. So, okay, fine. Here's your scholarship offer. Now we'll go do our due diligence. Like recruiting's just such a funny game now, and uh, it feels like really, I mean, nationally, every fan base kind of there's there's a lot of. Uh, ignorance sounds so negative and harsh, but there's a lot of ignorance to the process. And I think that's especially true uh, for BYU basketball because the transfer portal is new, but for BYU fans of BYU basketball, because Dave Rose, like he had his Lone Peak guys and they were in the program for a billion years and recruiting just really wasn't that big of a story it's different like it just isn't what it was even 10 or 15 years ago it's so different now and uh, I get it it definitely felt like BYU was missing out on a lot of guys but I I just don't think that the coaches even lost a wink of sleep because they knew what they were doing they knew the strategy and they know that this portal is just going to continue to have talent in it at any given moment and a lot of the guys that you do look at who you know came in you know, it's kind of guys that are in that mold of alex barcello where they you know they had flashes but they coaches really felt like they didn't have the right pieces around them or watching tape, they felt like their coach was asking them to do the wrong thing to maximize, you know, their, you know, which is, I mean, obviously they're all professionals and such difference of opinion. Right. But they, you know, where they felt like, okay, yes, maybe the numbers aren't as great or his shooting percentage wasn't very good. And he was, but we kind of feel like he was being put in a position to take shots that in our system, he wouldn't be taking. And we want to maximize the places on the floor where you him the ball in places on the floor where he can succeed. And that's kind of what they're trying to do to make their mark. Where it's, you know, as long as you have a minimum level of, athleticism you can work in our system and you know we are going to mold things around you and what you can do best in order to you know improve the overall efficiency of the team and so and even if you look at this season versus last season where last season obviously offensive offensively the team was off the charts um but this season you know when you look at it it's like still finished number 20 in Kempom so right in the same range um, but the defense instead of being like a top 5 offense and like a number 70 defense yeah. it was like 20 they finished the season 23 on offense and 30 on defense and completely changed how they play the game in terms of pace and you know evolving because you had Matt Harms who was not a good offensive player replacing Yoli Child who was and Matt Harms obviously was the WCC defensive player of the year and so the staff kind of changed their approach Approach and their tempo and how they move the ball around to fit the talent that they have. And so as long as there's, you know, warm bodies who are willing to buy in coming through the door, I think this team will always be competitive as long as the staff is in charge.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's kind of the same thought process I've had on it. It's just that they they understand that it's a, it's a different era. And uh, Steve Cleveland joins the radio show that I do, DJ and PK, in the morning every week. And during uh, kind of the downtime, we had him on. And PK, I think, asked him the question, like, Steve, how different is uh, – the thought of having a transfer portal to you as a college coach because Steve obviously rebuilt BYU from the ground up from that 96 debacle when they went 1-25 got them to the NCAA tournament went to Fresno and had tried to rebuild things there had it short circuited on him he said had he had something like the transfer portal he feels like it would have been a major game changer for him as a coach and Steve is still very much engrossed in the college game he's still got very close friends all over uh, Dave Rose is very close to him he's got ties to Mark Pope. Staff, He knows most of the guys on that staff, and he said it's an absolute game changer. The thought of having an opportunity to go get a guy or guys to fill a need for you, whether it's a three-point shooting or you need a big guy in the middle to help the defense, whatever it might be. The fact he could go get them, they show up and they're immediately eligible. He feels like it's just an absolute game changer for the sport.
1: I think it is, too, man. I mean, it it really is going to be really fun to see how it changes the sport. That's the thing I'm most excited about. Like, forget BYU, forget the individual teams. I'm excited to see what it does to college basketball. Uh, Because college basketball has been, outside of one tournament for a few weeks a year, getting worse and worse and worse every year like it just is our borderline unwatchable i hope that an influx of talent and moving things around and a little bit of that free agency element brings some like parody into the game and makes it a little bit more fun and i'm
0: anxious to see how how teams adapt because man that sport needs it it's just getting bland I, I would agree with you, man, that they, they do need something to spice it up. And I, I know that they've tried, been trying to make some of these rule changes, extending out the three point line, that type of stuff to create quote unquote, extra spacing. I believe they need to go to the the four quarters model. The, the women's game is adopted. I think that'd be a yeah. huge improvement. That's just my opinion. They, they need
1: to go to four quarters. So you get an extra foul and tell refs to swallow the whistles and then also need to add a four point line okay and, hey well okay <laughs> let's not get carried four point line they do need to get rid of one-on-one free throws that's ridiculous yeah. like, it is 2021 why are we shooting one-on-one Uh, Or make them all one-on-one. Just make it the same. Whatever you're going to do, make it the same.
0: Make it uniform. Yeah, Yeah. I would agree on that. Okay, so last thing for me on the BYU basketball front, gentlemen. Garrett, you brought this up a little bit earlier, that you're not confident that Mark Pope's going to be at BYU long-term despite you wanting him to be at BYU long-term. If I were to say the over-under on four and a half years from now that Mark Pope is still on campus at BYU coaching, what say ye?
1: Uh, So, including... This season, yeah. to include this season, yeah. uh, uh, I would probably, I would say under freaking buzzkill. I'm sorry, man. I think if four more years with the amount of hype, that would put him at six years in. That's, I mean, what? How many Bronco was it at BYU for? Ten. Yeah. And then he left, so we never got the amount of buzz that Mark Pope has gotten in two years and on a national level as a coach headed for bigger and better things. So so here's what what needs to happen. If we want to keep Mark Pope for the long term, we have to throw in our sacrificial 2017 football season. Like, they have to suck this year. The basketball team has to suck. Let's kill the hype. Let's throw in a terrible season. And let's all just do it collectively. Like, Let's all accept that this is going to happen. It's going to not be very fun. Gonzaga's going to boat race BYU by like 40 points. But if they can finish like, I don't know, like 2 and 27, I don't know how many games they play, <laughs> but a really bad year, I think that that buys BYU, I don't know, like five years of Mark Pope. Because people are going to remember that really crappy year at BYU for a long time. That's a needs to, to make. <laughs>
0: Hey man, me too. That that would be quite the dent in his reputation, if we're being honest. And so I'm with you, Jeff. It would absolutely it would lock him in for a much longer term if that were to happen. So, man, I, I, I'm just not sure if Alex Barcelo does ultimately come back. I'm not sure that he's going to be in on doing something like that. But who
1: knows? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, it's either have a really bad year, then come back as a GA, or go play in Europe. Right? I mean. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, it's kind of the same
0: path. But it's a fair point. All right, gentlemen. Uh, before we wrap up here, anything else you guys want to get off your chest, or anything else that's kind of been just kind of stirring around as we've been talking here that you'd like to pass along to the listeners?
1: Uh, no, uh, I am gonna. I'm gonna smoke spaghetti sauce tonight. Ooh! So I'm pretty pumped about it. That's really all that I, I have to say. I'm gonna make my meatballs, do my thing, whatever. But I'm also gonna smoke the spaghetti sauce that I make. So. Okay, Look, that, can be, that can be that could be something interesting I was gonna say just come fi- come find us you can you know search for wow. give Him hell Brigham wherever uh, wherever your podcasts are found or you know come check out our store give dot mm-hmm. or uh, you can check us out on uh, the Twitter dumb at give hell pod um, and you know I think kind of Part of, you know, why we're selling these shirts very much at a loss is um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, we just want to give them hell. Like, you know, every school in Texas, right? Like they have their thing, right? They got oh, their yeah. Like if you're an Aggie fan, you say gig them. If you're a Baylor fan, you say sick them. If you're a Longhorn fan, everybody knows you say hook them. We want to give them hell to be the thing that BYU fans say. Like we need to, Von Kimball yeah. did not die for the United States of America for us to just glance over that, what do you call that, a telegraph for us or telegram, whatever those things are, old things are called the original yeah, text message.
0: Not, not, um, not a telegraph. Uh, no,
1: it's, yeah, whatever. It was a
0: telegram.
1: Telegram. A telegraph is like a record player, right? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah telegram. Definitely
0: not a telegraph.
1: Um, a telegram, you know, and say, give him hell, bring him for us to just leave that. And then, you know, in the forties. And so if, you know, if you see BYU fans say, you know, say give him hell, that is a perfect greeting or, What's the opposite of a greeting salutation, Ex- a salutation and exiting, whatever, <laughs> a goodbye, you know, for us to spread yeah. far and wide.
0: I like it. I'm all on board with that. Uh, Jeff, I got one question. What is your spaghetti sauce of choice? I I need to
1: know. Uh, So I make my own. I've started to make my own because it's so easy that you just get San Marzano tomatoes. Uh, And I learned this canned tomatoes, it's like the one thing out of a can that tastes better. Okay. Because when they pick the tomatoes out of the plant, you know, in Italy or wherever they're picking tomatoes, Uh, in order for them to be ripe, like red at your grocery store, they got to pick them like months in advance, weeks in advance. So they're still green. They're still kind of gross. And then they. They ship and then they go to the store and then three or four weeks later, they finally end up in your kitchen, but a San Marzano uh, tomato, they pick it when it's ripe and they immediately can it. So you get like all the nutrients and all the whatever from the plant way better. So I just make that and then really just add some spices and, uh, it's pretty simple like way easier than i ever thought it would be so
0: well i'll, I'll be looking forward to your review on twitter of how it goes smoking the, the that spaghetti sauce i'm interested to see how that shakes out for sure all right gentlemen where can they find uh, you individually on twitter by the way i forgot to have you guys mentioned that
1: oh well, yeah my handle is at gj mcclintock so at MC, like the movie but with the correct number of c's M C C L I N T O C K.
0: All right, Jeff. Yeah, and then at Rakutu Ten. All right, you can follow me at Jacob C Hatch. It's my full name, and also locked on Cougars. Just like give them hell, Brigham the podcast. It's everywhere. The podcast can be found Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify. You guys know the whole whole spiel. Uh, by the way, follow both podcasts. I know you guys do a great job. You guys just weekly. Mine goes daily, but. It's a lot of fun. I, I mean it sincerely. I have not missed a single one of your guys' episodes since you started, and it truly is an accomplishment. I, I hope you guys understand that doing a year's worth of podcasts, it's not easy to do, and I got to tip my cap to you guys. Well, we appreciate
1: it, man. Uh, there's there's a few dedicated listeners, and uh, you're one of them. and we, we really
0: appreciate it. Yeah, we're having a blast. So we'll continue to do this. Of course, we'll chat throughout the offseason. We'll have to do this again soon, maybe in the lead-up to that Arizona game. I know both of you guys are planning on being in Las Vegas. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, I'm planning on making the trip myself. I think there's going to be thousands of BYU fans. Kind of milling around the strip there, and I'm looking forward to. It. I think it's gonna be a fun, fun time. But gentlemen, thanks for doing this. It was a blast to catch up with you. And let's not uh, wait a year to do it again, okay?
1: Awesome, sounds good. Give them hell, man. Thanks, Jay. Give them hell.
0: That'll do it. A big thank you to both Jeff and Garrett for joining us on the show. As I said, give them hell, folks. Follow the show on social media: Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Locked On or follow Jeff and Garrett's work at Give Them Hell Pod. Cannot appreciate you guys enough for taking the time to join us on this special edition on a memorial day hope you guys are all having a great holiday wherever you might be spending with family and friends hopefully making some delicious food and until tomorrow have a great holiday this has been the locked on cougars podcast may 31st 2021 and we will talk to you guys tomorrow